You're listening to Talk Jive Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Crow's Nest. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and remotely on the phone is Dr. Kevin Crow. Hey, Dr. Crow, how are you? Doing well. Am I picking up okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how's everything uh, going with the murder of crows over there uh, in Crowland? Is everybody doing, doing okay during this time? Well, we've gone at the university, we've gone to, to uh, basically online instruction, which... Uh, was um, and, and, and I'm not knocking what we're doing here. Everybody's had to do this. I talked to one of my friends who teaches at the University of Kentucky, so it's in-state, out-of-state, but this was thrown in everybody's lap at the last moment. Again, that's not an attack on our university. Everybody's having to do this. Um, and so uh, we're having to kind of um, uh, come up with this as we go along. And so the last couple of weeks, including during spring break, I just come in and I lecture to an empty class. Uh, luckily, you know how I'm always exhausted, and so in my mind I hallucinate and I see Abraham Lincoln and a giant beaver sitting <laughs> in class. So I can always pretend like there's at least a classroom there. Uh, but it's yeah, it takes some getting used to. But but you know we'll make it happen somehow. Well, and one of the things that struck me when I heard that you know like you know OU already has a lot of their classes online through Canvas. And some of the professors at USAO use Canvas, but not everybody. And not all of the students are really familiar with, with Canvas. It, it took me quite a while to, to kind of get comfortable with Canvas. So, you know. Well, and also there's, a, you know, there's only certain types of classes that work well online. Um, once you get, you know, eight below, probably do it online just well if everybody has a camera. Um, you can probably do 12 and below if pushed, but once you get above that, and especially when you get ones that require a lot of readings, things like that, it's not the same. You know, we're, in other words, we're doing the best we can, but it's probably 30% effective compared to what we normally do, but even, even if we have everything lined up. But it is what it is. You know, I mean, I'm not knocking their decision. It was the correct decision. It's just, you know, it's a hassle, but we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, and in a lot of folks, especially you know, for, for for any student anywhere, is access to the internet, and you That's know right. there are a lot of students, a lot of USAO students who do a lot of their work on campus. That's right. That's right. Not just access to the internet, but even if you have access to the internet, not everybody would have a camera. Not everybody's you know the speed of their internet may not be as good. So yeah, it's it's um it's. It takes some getting used to, um, but we'll, you know, we'll make those adjustments. The other problem is, of course, you know, we're trying to get these things up as soon as possible, but the students want to know what's going on. But in the meantime, you know, we only have so much um, time on the facilities because they've closed the university. And I, even though I'm not supposed to come in, I can, but every time I come in, they have to, they have to basically, I guess, because of the uh, regulations, they have to bleach every, every place I've been. So it's kind of a hassle for them. So I only have so many days to get this up. And it's, you know, instead of, you know, you're lecturing continuously, uh, you know, standing up continuously now from, you know, nine to five, whenever, um, which that's not a bad work day, but that's a bad work day to be standing up continuously speaking, um, you know, but it's, it is what it is. You know, it, it, it's, it won't be forever this way. Well, there's been a lot of things going on because, I mean, it was spring break. And so, uh, yeah. and then all of this happened. So we haven't even really got to talk about hardly anything. I mean, news of the election and the candidates and the primary and all that—that's just gone out the window. Like, yes, where, well, I where think is Joe Biden? For the Has I, anybody I mean, heard or seen just, well, Joe Biden? And if you've seen him, 
you know, if you've seen him on the TV, it's like, he, I don't think he knows where he is. But anyway, but, <laughs> but that's also another interesting thing when it comes to the Democratic primary. Um, you know, it's obvious, and, and, and this isn't just me as a Republican. You'll say this too. My Democrat friends say this. Biden is not going to be a viable candidate. I mean, that's, that's obvious. No. Um, and, and, but, but on the other hand, you know, the, the DNC types, the ones that run the party, they don't want um, Bernie. Well, I still think that they'll try to impose somebody. You know, they've been speaking about, for example, of, uh, of Cuomo. Now, yes. again, I'm not a fan of Cuomo when it comes to views, but he has handled this crisis fairly well. We'll give him that. But the point is, even if he's a great candidate, rightfully so, people would say if he's imposed, hey, he didn't go through the process. He didn't go through the primaries. You know, he had a chance to go through the primaries. Had he, he might be the leading candidate right now, but he didn't. Is that right? You know, um, and here's something else that's a possibility, and this is a prediction of mine. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm saying don't be surprised if it does, okay? I think we're almost a 50-50 there. If you look at the rules of the Democratic Committee, because, again, remember, Republican Party and Democratic parties are both private institutions. They're not government institutions. And I would not be surprised, given the, this coronavirus, which, again, we don't know how long this is going to last. It's possible the Democrats, in order to really do you know, to, you know, the party leadership to impose who they want, they may cancel the, um, the convention. They can do that. Um, and then what happens if they cancel the convention and, and, you have a, and you have a candidate imposed upon the party? Then what? Well, and that's that's my fear, too. And I feel the same way. I don't feel like Joe Biden's a viable candidate. I think that the DNC is wholly stacked the deck against Bernie. And I'm a Bernie supporter and I have been since 2014 when he first came on first came on the scene and started talking about universal health care. And so it's. He's he's continuing to do what he does, though. Bernie continues to put out these, you know, clear messages via via video, you know, and so he's he's continuing to reach out to his to his supporters and his base. Joe Biden just disappeared. Well, and the other thing is this, too. Again, whether you agree with Bernie or not, because, again, I'm on the opposite side when it comes to policy, but I'm, now I'm just talking about him as a person and as a, you know, as a, as a candidate. Whether you agree with him or not, at, even if you don't like his answers, his answers are coherent, at least. I mean, at least he knows what, what room he's in, what year it is, what he's running for, you know. So, so, he, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you're, you're right on that. He's not um, trying to grope everybody. He's not trying to grope everybody no. during a global pandemic either. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's true. That's true. But it's uh, oh, this is it's something else. I, I tell you, I think sometimes I think Biden was maybe created just to give us relief during this time. <laughs> God, he drives me crazy. Oh. So let's um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about this insider trading, Jim. And and this is a wholly bipartisan thing. I have I have waited to yep. talk to you about this because this this. Um, Insider trading issue with the senators dumping their stocks, especially these senators who were privy to this this COVID-19 information way before the, the American public was and started dumping their stocks as they're telling the American public, it's a hoax, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. And now all of a sudden, you know, they 
they dumped their their stocks. They got dinged for it. But is nothing's really going to happen, right? Well, their feet should be held to the fire. I mean, at the very minimal, at the very minimal, first of all, you know, I think if we really pushed it, the legalities are clear on this. But again, that may not happen. But what should at the very least happen is their feet needs to be held to the fire continuously. Now, I'm not saying all of them that were involved are equally culpable. But um, my mind just went blank. The the guy whose name starts with V, the Republican. uh, Uh, Burr, Richard Burr. Yes, I think that's I think that's a I think he and I think um um I think he and Feinstein are the two clearest egregious ones. Now Feinstein can hide behind the fact, well it was my husband's blah 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 blah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, she she still had the inside. Those two are the clearest. I think if we look at the other ones, you know, we need to determine how guilty they are. Um but I will say this, the other thing that disturbs me is how not all, but all, but so many uh, on both parties still don't condemn these actions. That's what gets me as well. Oh, um, yeah. It's like crickets. It's like nobody's, yeah. the, the, even the Democrats who are, and Elizabeth well, the, Warren, the, who's supposed to be banging their chest about, about this. About the, the only one who I have seen come out clearly against them and who actually said, they need to be out, including this Republican guy. And this is somebody you know me. I don't, this is somebody I usually don't defend. You'll have to help me. Uh, what's the young Republican from from um, Florida? Uh, Gates. Gates. You know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh Gates, God, Gates. Matt Gates. Matt Gates. He's the only one who Gates. has who has come out strongly by name uh, with these people. And I'm talking about the Republican ones, saying you know they need to be they need to resign. He's the only one I've seen do that that I'm aware of. There might be others I'm just not aware of. And again, normally you know me, even though I'm a Republican, I usually don't take up for him. Not, I don't differ with him on policy. It's just I usually find he's too much of a, he's too much of a, um, oh, uh, he's in love of the camera too much usually. Does that make sense? He he's so tends full to grind of my nerves. But, but I will give him, I will give him cre- credence on this, that he did the right thing on this one. But he's the only one that I've actually seen that I can think of who will call the people out by name even in his party, and say, enough. But, but you're right. And this has been a problem for a long time. I think that uh, and, and when it comes to financial matters, we've probably had, you know, in recent years, things more egregious than this. What makes this different is these people kept their mouth shut. They made it look like everything was going good, which means that they were putting people's lives at risk to profit. That's something that's a little different than what we've seen in the past. Well, yeah, and Martha Stewart went to jail for insider trading and she didn't put anybody's life at, in danger. That's right. That's right. That's what that's you know and so so I I hope that this doesn't die down. And again, I'm I'm completely like I said this this is a nonpartisan thing. I hope they all get it. Now again, I will give some of them um time to explain uh because I don't know like some of them if they may have blind trust and you know and all that and may have not been in the committees We'll wait and see. But I think this one guy, I think it's pretty clear already, you know, yeah, he was there. You, you, there's a timeline. I think with Feinstein's husband, I think there's a timeline. I think you can see on those two. The other ones, again, I'm not saying they're guilty. We, we won't convict them before they've had their day, but I do think they need to be investigated. I do think that needs to happen, the other ones for sure. Well, and I think that this reflects this a holy 
I, I call it bipartisan because it it's yeah. happening on both sides of the aisles. It, it I mean this this culture of greed within our Cong- our 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 government is well, you remember, is I've showing always, itself I've always now. said this that it is it is public service. It's basically public service. And if you're a legislator, my notion is now I've always said this. This is one way I differ from many Republicans. I do not mind legislators being paid a lot of money for, for their salary. I don't mind that. I don't even mind them having great pensions. I don't mind that. What I don't think they should be able to do is have any private investments. In other words, they can say, well, yeah, but, but how am I supposed Well, it's public service. In other words, we're going to make sure you're okay, you're going to be paid well, you have a good pension and all that, but you can't make these extra money. You can't make this money at the expense of you know, of the nation. And you're thinking, well, if that's not fair. I can make money elsewhere. Fine. Go make money elsewhere. Don't get into politics. Yeah, that's a great point, because if you're going into if you're going to try to get elected to to a, yes. to to a post or to a to a position, you know, going in that that you're going to that's a public service thing. You know what that job entails. You, you should right. anyway. You know, because again, that, you, that is you know about me. service. It's not about putting your name out there. And and I got to tell That's you, it. I'm I'm seeing uh, just uh, I I don't care for what I'm seeing out of Craig Parham locally. Well, I mean, I it's just there's there's you know maybe we ought to have them on sometime. You know, some of the people, um, uh, some, of the, sure. some of these, um. For yeah, sure, I think that sure. would be better. I can't comment on that one again. You would think I would because I'm the Republican. Maybe I would. But the thing is, I, I want to hear them first. Um, um, but, um, but, but yeah, that may be something we should do fairly soon is have all, all three of the candidates. I think after April, um, you know, after the filing date is over, I think we should have them all on. I think that's a great idea. And that's kind of what I've been waiting on is for that filing deadline to see actually how many people are in. Because I've heard other Democrats say that they're throwing their hat in, but it just hasn't. I I haven't. I don't guess it's been official. I haven't heard anything anyway. But it's just like I say, I'm just I don't know. There's a couple of little things that have been put out that it's just like, I mean, let's not, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just, there's something I just, I can't put my finger on it. That no, I know. I know. It, it just, I guess it seems like it's a play to Republican voters. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I can't put Maybe. my finger on it. I just, I, I mean, can't put district, my finger on it. The district on, is, it, it, it is the one, it's probably the only swing district in the state left um, where it could go either way. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that I think it's probably going to go red. I mean, the Republicans are they're they're going after it with the primary. I mean, they're still very much. I'm starting to see signs and different things like that pop up around around town now. Oh, they are. Yeah, you'll see the signs for sure. And those have been and not just around town, just throughout the whole district. I mean, you'll see them out in the rural areas even. Yeah, Um, let's. uh, um, Let's switch gears just a little bit and uh, get back to insider trading. We kind of got got off got off track there a little bit, but the but the insider trading. I'm with you. I think that they need to be. I think they at least need to be investigated. And if you have sensitive, if you're the the chair 
of the Senate yep. Intelligence Committee and you're getting that information first? Yeah, I, I'm thinking that you're guilty. Oh, yeah. Basically, everything should be on a blind trust completely. It should already be on a blind trust where they have no say-so over their investment choices. Um, that should just be the way it is. Uh, and, and then, uh, but, but even on that, you know, even if you have that, they might slip something to their friends. So this is something we always have to watch out for. We always have to watch out for. So um, let's And this talk- has gone on for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, this is just the first time that anybody's been caught like this. Well, I think, I think it's not the first time they've been caught. I think what makes it different is we've put people's lives at jeopardy. I think that's what, that's what, and, and people are on edge, rightfully. So this, this coronavirus and the measures that we've had to take to deal with it is going to change everything, everything. It's going to change foreign policy. It's going to change, finally, rightfully so, our relationship with China, which is about time, but it's going to change everything. It's going to change um, uh, the role of government in, in society. It's going to change immigration policy. It's going to change everything. Um, um, that's something else. And that gets me to another thing, too. We just saw, of course, one of the largest, you know, government bills ever. I mean, this is even larger than what we had initially um, with the um, with TARP and everything. Um, but I was looking at, you know, the thing is, this time, though, more businesses, more type of, 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 um, uh, of businesses are at jeopardy. But but we can't just say, hey, we can save everyone. I mean, but this is one time, even though I'm a, I'm a Republican, where there are certain places, there are certain businesses that probably do need help. And I, and I started to go through the different categories on which ones are probably more deserving and which ones are less deserving. I think the most deserving, probably, and I'll explain why, and this is going to be weird when I say this, this is not only an economic issue. The next one, I think, is actually a security issue. And here's it. I think one that needs to be said, one that we, we, we do have to provide relief for are restaurants. Now, why restaurants? You know, the fact is, um, you know how everybody's, know, uh, when they go shopping, they say everything's been swiped, everything's been swiped, people are hoarding and all that. I'm actually going to say something that's going to be surprising to people. I've actually been very impressed with people's restraint. Now, not with toilet paper. They have hoarded that. <laughs> but I think when it comes to food, I don't think they're hoarding food. If you look, if you, across the country, on average, people's meals, 25 to 40 percent of all meals are eaten out, not in restaurants. Once the restaurants are closed, people go, have to go hit the supermarkets. And there's actually been studies before that have been done in certain places that supermarkets are never, can never keep up with that demand as it is if the restaurants close. And so the fact is, um, you know, the way we're geared – Already, restaurants really feed 20 to 40% of our meals, and you can't just change that overnight. The supermarkets aren't aren't ready to pick up the slack even. So we don't want to see the death of the restaurant industry. That's one. Okay, I, I get that because, again... And, and by the way, this isn't just something that affects, you know, America and something that we've seen in the last 20 years. If you go back to ancient Rome, even in ancient Rome, you had day vendors who still fed a good percentage of the population of ancient Rome. So it's always been that way. Okay, so that's one thing. 
second thing is airlines. Now, airlines, even though we don't like them, the fact is they are they are essential to world transportation. You know, to um, uh, not just of people but of goods. And the fact is, for a for a national defense reason, we have deals with airlines where if we have to move large numbers of people, you might remember this during the, the first Gulf War, we had to use the airlines to get to get soldiers over. So that would be the those are the two critical ones. After that, one could argue maybe hotels for the business community. I don't know. But then I'll mention ones that that shouldn't be receiving any aid, which burns me up, the cruise lines. And here's why. Here's why. I might go ahead with, with like, amusement parks because amusement parks are located in real places. You know, like if you go to Disney, okay, that's a good part of Florida's economy, whatever. But I don't believe in giving a single cent to cruise lines. Why? Because if you look at almost every cruise line, Disney, well, Disney cruise lines, are, they're, they're flagged under the Bahamian flag they fly under. If you look at Carnival, all the cruise lines fly under foreign flags. Why? So they can avoid American taxes. They haven't paid taxes for us. We don't, they don't deserve a cent from us now. Let the cruise lines sink. That's how I feel about it. I'm like cruise lines. Are you yeah. serious? Which one? Which one of the Trump cabinet is is into the cruise lines? Oh, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It it, it dropped for just a second. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, but that's what I was saying. Is um, you know, I said which one of the Trump cabinet is into the cruise lines? Because well, and I imagine, a, I imagine that, when that we look seems at the, cruise the, line, the cronyism, that's where it seems to stem from. Well, is, and, I, is there. and I'm actually sure that that's also probably a bipartisan cronyism. I'm sure they have funneled money to both sides on this. Oh, yeah. But, um, but then again, notice I'm not a straight free market person saying, let, you know, the businesses should have planned ahead and all that. No, I get it. Nobody, no restaurant could foresee this, okay? The airlines could not foresee this. Okay, those are essential things that we have to back up. Cruise lines aren't essential, but not only are they not essential, like I said, they haven't paid their taxes. I mean, they, if they want to get some government aid, fine, let the government of Bahamas, of Bahamas back them up or let wherever else they're flagging these ships back them up, not the U.S. The U.S. taxpayers shouldn't give one cent to the cruise lines. I agree. Um, so let's talk about recovery. I'm trying, and what I'm trying to do is talk to everybody that I've interviewed on the phone so far. I'm trying to talk and look forward to recovery because there is going to be a time when we reemerge from from this hibernation. And so, what what do you think is going to be like? Is do you think it's going to be like a slow emer- reemergence, or do you think? Do you think that the Easter timeline is realistic that Trump has proposed? Do you, I mean... I think it's, here's the thing. I think that Trump faces probably one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult economic situation to ever face an American president. I really believe that. And here's why. We can talk about the Great Depression, but at least when the Great Depression hit, there was no deficit. I mean, I mean, in other words... The economy had collapsed, but the government wasn't that big. We haven't, we hadn't really, we hadn't really spent that much or anything. You know, there wasn't a huge deficit. What he's hitting is the perfect storm. That is, the economy is in hor- will be in horrible trouble because all the businesses have shut down. Not just here, but worldwide. And then, second, secondly, every country in the world has. First of all, every country in the world was already in outrageous deficits. Now they've had to spend. And I'm not knocking this. They have to spend right now. I get it. But they're going to spin themselves into oblivion. So it is a nightmare scenario. Um, 
uh, again, I, I'm not this. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. So the thing is, the American people, everybody is going to have to have some patience. And um, and here's the thing. Um, let me hit both sides. I'm going to hit both sides. On the one hand, you know, free market, straight free market Republicans are going to have to realize, no, this is an unforeseen thing. This is this is like saying, well, let's let the market win World War II. This isn't like winning the Great Depression. This is something unprecedented. This is actually, like I said, a, a natural disaster um, uh, that, that, that we faced. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, the Democrats cannot use and, and, and as we've seen, if you're talking about Carnival Cruise, Democrats can't use this as a time to get any social policies through, uh, you know, to change things. Yes, you can't attach to the, this to, to certain bills, nor can on the Republican side and the Democrat side, both can they try to prop up, you know, the special interests who have financed their campaigns. What I'm saying is this is going to require government action, government spending, but it cannot. But but both sides both sides, neither side can use this as a social engineering program, nor can they use it to prop up the special interests who have financed them. And that's, what, and that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. This is the time for people to literally look at the country first, not at ideology first, um, and nor at special interests first, but they have to look at the country first. Do you think that, I mean, this stimulus package, has it, has it passed? It did pass or it didn't pass? Because the last I heard, it was being held up um, because of unemployment, disagreements on unemployment benefits. And so has, well, has the stimulus passed? Yet? Passed, I haven't seen but they anything. Could have been, they could have been misinformed, too. I mean, that may be a possibility. Um, um, but I don't know. Late last night, I thought it had passed, but maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I, 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 it's I have, like I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry. not sure, no, no, but I when it does, right. I mean... No, no, I, wait, wait. I think we're both right. I think what's happened is it did get past the Senate, but now it goes back to the House. That's where we're at. That's ah, where we're at. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, and, you know, it's like I said, I just I wonder how this reemergence is going to happen, because here in Chickasha, nobody's nobody's really hibernating. I mean, we no. I, I applied to be a, an essential because you have to apply to be essential in Oklahoma, yeah. you know, I guess so they can put you on some list or whatever. But we're media. We're independent media. That's and right. So, and so, um, and you know, the the staff is off. The staff is 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 out of the out of the studio this week, um, just as a precautionary measure, just so you know, cover my myself to say, hey, they everybody had time off. Everybody had the opportunity to to stay and quarantine and do what they needed to do. But we still have work to do here. You know, we're, right. we're well, fortunate like you that, said, that we, have, we'll we have are to able to do that. Well, and and the thing is, with your staff, your staff is young, younger, the 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 carrying age, whereas um, you know we tend to be the catching age anyway. So of this of this too. So there's yeah, there's provisions you know that just have to be made. Speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, uh, hello. Oh, sorry, uh, it, it cut out on me. But you know, you're right. No, well, you might be the the catching age. I'm in the dying age. Okay, so we'll put it that way. <laughs> Let's see. So, so I guess there's three there's three levels here. So. Well, but, um, and let, let's just let's just hope that we all get through this. And um, and if we have to continue 
to do things on the phone and things like that. We can totally do that because it's like I said, and we just want to make sure that everybody is safe and, you know, does takes all the precautions that they need to at this time. And we're just, we're just really trying to do our part to adhere to that. And I think that's really what everybody has to do is everybody's got to do their own part. Well, and it does get back to what we've said before. And we've, we've made this one of our main um, points throughout the last year. And that is when it hits the fan, you got to look at other groups. We've talked about churches. We've talked about the tribes. Now it's now we, now people will understand while we say, Hey, pay attention to those local ties that you have, to those smaller ties, not just government, but also uh, whether it's the tribes, whether it's your church, whatever. Now this is why. This is why it's time like these. And to get out of this, it's going to require the efforts of those people too. I mean, in other words, not just government because government is going to be spent. I mean, they'll do all they can, but it's going to require not just business. It's going to require um, like I said, in, in this part of the, uh, of the U.S., the tribes and throughout the U.S., organizations like churches. Uh, this is a time where, where people have to come together. And I think we can. I mean, I do think there will be problems this summer. We will see, I think, town, cities in, in the U.S. that may have some violent outbreaks and stuff. But I think overall, I think America is better situated than most countries to come out of this crisis. Absolutely. We're going to leave it right there. Thank you so much, Dr. Crow. Um, we're calling in our interviews, folks, because of the COVID-19 precautions. Um, nobody's been diagnosed yet, and so we're going to take that as a good sign. Um, but don't forget, if you miss any of our past episodes of The Crow's Nest or any of our other fine shows, you can find those wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to the Talk Jive homepage and click the podcast tab. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Dr. Kevin Crow. Thank you for tuning in to this episode episode of the crow's nest have a great day everyone